Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, for Wednesday, March 4th. My name is Javier Reyes, your host of this year's Lockdown Padres Podcast, as always. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on there with any questions you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show. And today's show, another easy one. It's been a very lollygagging type of week. You know, la-di-da, some would say. What can I say? Not a lot of crazy news. Going to be recapping yesterday's game and probably talking a little bit at the time of the recording, which I am doing right now, mid-afternoon kind of, and going to talk about the current game that's going on right now. It's spring training. It's spring training season, ladies and gentlemen, which means you're just constantly wishing that it was the regular season. It's just, man, it's rough in all sports too, by the way. Football is especially agonizing because when football's starting, it's like the end of August. And personally, I'm not a big August fan. And when football's happening, you're like, oh my God, these spring training games, like, I mean, these these preseason games just kill them. Just please end. We, we need football. Like, you're so desperate for football by the time it, it starts rolling around that the preseason games, you, you might even watch them. I remember that one year actually when Johnny Manziel and... RG3 had a preseason game together and it was marketed like it was like a primetime matchup like that's remember how famous Johnny Manziel was anyway that was a little bit of a tangent let's talk about yesterday's game the Padres took down the Brewers 9-0 Garrett Richards got the start went a strong two innings his fastball reached around the mid 90s which was nice to see only gave up one hit and struck out two Garrett Richards is by my approximation one of the more intriguing players that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. If he can kind of recapture what he did when he was healthy with, with the Angels a couple of those seasons there, you know, back in like 2014, 2015, around that range, it's really all health with him. And he looked fine. Like he didn't, he looked solid. You know what I mean? He didn't really blow you away, but he looked kind of similar to his form when he's healthy. And that's always been the issue with him. So. Is this the year he puts it together and stays healthy and becomes that good, like, number three type starter? I hope so. And if he does, that would make the Padres considerably more dangerous in terms of the playoff race, I'd say. Um, Some other highlights. Jimmy Akabanis had a nice bounce back after giving up a couple runs in the last three games. He went two innings with four strikeouts, so congratulations to him. Really looked solid there. And I got to see Pomeranz for the first time since the signing. I know that this wasn't his spring debut and all that, but... First time I saw him, he went one inning, got two strikeouts, no hits, ended up picking up the win. Great to see. Of course, talked about this a lot. Padres bullpen, quietly one of the, at minimum, one of the like one of the four or five best in baseball. And that's being, like I said, conservative and being kind of low on it, the low end of things. With Pomeranz, the signing of Pomeranz is great. He was so dominant last year in his bullpen role. Really found himself in. I love to see that, too. I love when starting pitchers who kind of are struggling in that role they they take a bullpen role and they just they that's their calling and it's always good to see obviously you want to be a starting pitcher I can imagine you don't want to necessarily be relegated to the bullpen all the time but hey there's been plenty of guys who find a a calling there and Pomeranz is hopefully going to be one of those guys who's a really big asset for us and of course Emilio Pagan the trade for him that's a big deal. Guys like Matt Strom are pretty underrated. He did pretty good yesterday. Didn't give up a run either. And in terms of hitting, the hitting side of things, the big the day was all about Abraham Almonte, who drove in four runs thanks to a grand slam. He also had a stolen base to cap off a little combo meal, I guess you could say. And that was cool. Abraham Almonte, kind of a, a guy who 
in just a few games last year was pretty solid. In just 17 games last year with the with the D-backs, you know, batted 290, he had a 421 on base. He was a solid player. He's obviously there's not a lot of upside here necessarily. Been kind of a journeyman player, but still nice to see that come from him. In terms of some other guys that are pretty important, Manny Machado, aside from the one home run he's had this spring, he's really struggled. He's been batting 91. 0.91, I mean, or 0.091, I should say. Really struggled, but of course, that shouldn't matter a lot. Because another thing on the other side of things, Will Myers, he had another home run yesterday, and that gives him three on the spring. He's batting currently 353, and I'll get into what's been going on in today's game. And this probably has further excited Padres fans, maybe giving them some false hope. Look, I think, I actually think I've been seeing on Twitter a little bit, I think Will Myers' prospects are higher and better than, say, Eric Hosmer, I think that Will Myers, if you just, I know he can be defensively kind of a liability sometimes, and he's just aggravating that spot, but he can play a bunch of positions, and that's nice to have, just that utility, and like I said, he's had some moments in the past, was a top prospect that time, I know he really never recaptured that initial rookie of the year season, he was an all-star one year, like I said, he had that 28-28, like home runs and steals season, bad almost 260, he's had some moments and I think that that's one of the the narratives with his spring training numbers and what he's done so far is you would really be happy if he did well. Eric Hosmer is one of those guys that is just super doubtful that he's ever going to be better. No issue against him. But the Will Myers thing is you're rooting for the guy. I mean, he's been in trade rumors for it feels like 30 years now. Obviously, it's only been a couple seasons, but it feels like he's just constantly in trade rumors. So seeing a guy like that do well, it is it is nice. But like I said, be careful, guys. Manny Machado is batting poorly, and Will Myers is doing well. That just goes to show you what happens in spring training sometimes. And just in general, small sample size. So we can't read too much into that. Dozier also got the start at second base. Looks solid there. Had a hit on two at-bats. In today's game, currently at the time of this recording, Jerks and Profar is getting the start. And look, like I just said, spring training is not where... You know, those storylines are not where you want to kind of base all of your regular season projections on. But this is just a feeling. It really feels like the competition is between Jerickson Profar and Brian Dozier right now. It just seems like those are the two guys. Like I said, I think a big part of this is because Brian Dozier apparently signed there, took less money, took less years because he thought that that's the place he had. That place being the Padres, of course, had the best chance to play. So I think that means something. I think he knows he's going to be in the in the mix Still rooting for Profar. He's definitely got the higher upside of the two. But admittedly, he's the... I don't like the words that have been coming out about him and how he's looked at second. Haven't been able to watch today's game as much just in terms of just straight up watching the game, but hopefully he looks better out in the field. We'll be curious to see how that goes. And in, and in terms of today, I saw a report from Jesse Agler that Patino, Luis Patino, is expected to get a run in today's game. And Mackenzie Gore is expected to get a start tomorrow, Thursday that is. Um, not a start, but he expected to make his his time, his spring debut there. So that's really exciting. Obviously, Patino and Gore are the two top prospects that the Padres have in terms of pitching. Obviously, Mackenzie Gore, the best pitching prospect in all of baseball. Going to be really fun to see how that turns out. Today was also the spring training debut of Kirby Yates. He struck out the Royals' two, three, and four hitters. Just in case you need to be reminded that, yes, Kirby Yates is expected to be quite good this season. Not that striking out the two, three, fours are indicative of anything, but he's expected to be good. I saw some numbers out there. He's actually one of the finer strikeout rate 
relievers in the league when it comes to taking down the middle of the order of a team's lineup. So that's obviously, you know, just is just reinforcing that. In terms of today's game, Adrian Morhone got pretty lit up. He got the start today. Not a good sign, of course, for the guy who was formerly one of the, the top 100 prospects. Really not much coming from him today. So yeah, don't like to see that. We've talked a lot about spring training and how it doesn't matter, but for guys like this, it probably does matter. Just really sad, and it's just it, sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles. And he got lit up. Score was six nothing until some good news. Of course, I talked about Kirby Yates striking out the side. Tommy Pham, the Warlock, doubled in two runs after Will Myers had hit a double, which was nice. He hit a two out double actually. Love seeing that from both of those guys. And like I said, uh, Will Myers. Batting really well. He's got three home runs on the spring, batting 353 currently. It's 6 3 Royals right now, unless it has changed during the course of this recording, which, according to my phone, it has not. Still 3 6 Kansas City. Those are just some of the things going on. Hey, I mean, it's spring training, guys. Spring training as usual. Boring in a lot of ways, but definitely I am curious to see how Patino does and curious to see how Mackenzie Gore does. I think I'm only going to care if the two of them get absolutely blasted. If they do extraordinary, they're obviously going to get overhyped. I do think both of those guys might have a chance at making some major league time this year, especially Gore, who seems like he's much farther along than Patino is, but curious to see if the spring yields some maybe... Um, potential for them to come into the league sooner. So we'll see how that goes. But that's it for some a little spring training recap. And when we get back, I'm going to answer a question from a listener and talk about a story that I read today that I think is really important. So stay tuned, guys. You're listening to the Lockdown Padres podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And we're back, everybody, here on the Lockdown Padres podcast. Feeling good today. Just recapping some spring training stuff. Talking about Brian Dozier and the Jerickson Profar potential competition there. Just some interesting stuff. I don't know if this is the full lineup. I don't know if we know for sure everything that's going to happen. I don't know if Preller still has a move to make. I talked about how I've been thinking that he's going to make one more before the season starts. There's a lot of those rumors surrounding Will Myers, and nothing has materialized fully, but still, still got a few weeks until the season starts, guys. But now I want to answer a listener question, and that has to do with spring training, and it is coming by way of a Twitter user, Mr. Slammin, as he refers to himself. So yeah, this question, courtesy of at Slammin underscore 23 underscore. Since spring stats mean nothing, when you're looking at players in spring training, what kind of things are you looking at? He then went on to give some of his things. I tend to look for guys emphasizing their weaknesses, so is Paddock throwing more curveballs, and how does the break on it look? Is Hedges tracking breaking balls when he's hitting? Is Mejia working his framing? And is he looking better than last season? Things like that. With prospects, I try and watch more for their ability to adjust to situations. Can Gore keep his stuff? And command from the stretch, is he pitching out of jams? How does Tremel's arm look? Who are they attaching themselves to at camp? And try and emulate or learn from that sort of thing. I'm always curious what things people look for in players in general and specific to individuals. It's a good question, Mr. Slammon. And I, I think he hit the nail right on the button with, with the specific players you're talking about. I say that when it comes to spring, I'm kind of looking for, first, from a fun perspective, I love hearing quotes. I, I love hearing like the thing like from Chris Paddock about how he's got his lion tattoo and he feels in touch with his soul and like all these ridiculous things. And I also look for, like you said, like if there's um, storylines brewing up, about players that guys are looking looking to for leadership. That's always interesting. But in terms of 
things that have more of an indictment on the regular season. I'd say I look at who are the bench players, who are the guys that are going to crack that 40-man roster, kind of make a case for that last roster spot. And, you know, people like Abraham Almonte, you know, with the way he's been mashing lately, maybe he's going to make a case for it. Maybe he's a guy that, maybe he doesn't even make the roster, but maybe he's that first guy to call up in case of an injury or something like that, or a trade and what have you. And I look for things like, you mentioned with Paddock, I definitely look for things in terms of, are they developing new pitches? And Paddock has been working on a curveball, and it didn't do so well yesterday, or I'm sorry, the day before on Monday, but it's still interesting to see. It's just... Little things like that, I just, seeing if players look comfortable, if they're playing new positions, definitely. But these are report-based things, like Fernando Tatis apparently being tested on center field a little bit. That's newsworthy, and I think it's worth talking about, and how it might have to do with the potential Will Myers trade that I've mentioned like 87 times so far. But in terms of just all that other stuff, how much break does the pitch have on? I think you have, you hit it right on the button. I'm not as expert as some people, I'm not as well informed on what looks good for the rotation of things in terms of when I'm just watching pitchers and when I'm watching players. It's I'm, I'm very feeling-based, admittedly, and I know that turns a lot of baseball fans off because it's more of a stat-based sport for sure. But I do think that from when it comes to spring, you really you kind of summed up all my thoughts. I don't really have too much more to add. Sorry if that sounds like a cop-out, but it's true. The spring is just kind of a time for people to test things out. As far as I'm concerned, you know, if somebody comes into the spring and they have a new batting stance, sure, that makes me interested. If someone's playing a new position, sure, that's something I look into. Whether or not I think that means anything for their season, I just, I can't do it. I just can't do it. We've been proven way too many times that a lot of these things are just hearsay and kind of not baloney, but they're just, just, they're just things to put out there, I guess is the, the kind of simplistic argument and, take that I have on the matter. Um, but thank you for your question. It's a good question. And if anybody else has their own take, please feel free to write in or message slam it on Twitter. Give your thoughts on that. I think that he would love to hear that. In terms of that, like I said, thank you again to Mr. Slammin. Now moving on to the next thing I want to talk about, a general story. And it's a thing that, you know, doesn't have anything really to do with the Padres necessarily. It is ostensibly related to them. That's of course the Astro scandal. And I know if you are listening to this right now and you went, ugh, Again with the Astros, I am sorry you can turn this off right now. Just remember to stay tuned for tomorrow's episode. But I want to talk about a a piece that I was reading today by Scott Miller for Breacher Report that was about the Astros scandal. And it's from the point of view of those journeyman guys. You know, We've been talking about a lot about journeymen and the guys trying to crack a roster today. And it's talking about those guys who were just trying to make a team. It starts off talking about reliever Anthony Bass, Anthony Bass, and... This feels this whole the whole thing feels like an extrapolation of the the salient point that Sean Doolittle, the reliever of course, Mr. famously a ba- uh, Star Wars fan actually, uh, made a few weeks ago that was basically like, look, people aren't talking about a lot of the guys who it might have been their last shot, and I'm paraphrasing of course this quote I don't have it in front of me, but he was basically like, hey, there are a lot of guys who hung their their heads in the locker room afterwards of getting lit up by the Astros because a lot of people got lit up by the Astros, of course, from Bregman and Altuve and Springer and Jornano Alvarez, all those guys. And maybe that was their last chance in the league. And I think this is a very humanistic, very grounded look at guys who were just trying to make a roster and how this affected them. And it's kind of a sad piece to read. And I know that when the 
Astro scandal kind of first broke out when Beltrang was was resigned from the Mets GM job. I saw a lot of people who were saying this this hipster counterculture take where they were like, we need more cheating in sports. Actually, and I'm like, all right, all you bloggers out there, like relax. So a lot of SB Nation people saying this. A lot of some some people from the Ringer and whatnot. Those hot takes and whatnot. And my take is, no, we don't need more cheating in sports. Is it fun to talk about? Absolutely. Like, admittedly, it's pretty hilarious what's going on right now. And it's also pretty fun to make fun of the Astros. Like I talked about on yesterday's pod with, with Anthony Rizzo making the, the trash can joke. But this also is affecting real people. So as much fun as it is to talk about from a drama perspective, like we're watching a reality TV show unfold, in that sense and in the sense of it stemming interest in baseball, and this is the most people I've talked about the sport in the offseason in quite a long time, that part is cool. But it's also true that we don't need this because then it starts putting the integrity of the game on the line. And we all know what happened in the steroid era. And we know that a lot of people are saying this is worse. That this is worse because at least they didn't know everything that was coming. And that's really unfortunate. And I thought that this was just, I really recommend everyone checking out this piece. It's well written. And it's its kind of, you could have predicted that something like this was going to happen. And not everybody was, oh, they didn't win a World Series. Some people, there was money on the table. Some people, they might have had a chance. And guys, if you don't follow baseball that well, trust me, there are plenty of guys that we've seen before that get that extra time, and because of it, they make the roster, and then they end up becoming stars or maybe just serviceable players who make a living in the majors. That's what we're talking about here. And you hate to see, um, in my opinion, the bastion of meritocracy in this country and in the world in a lot of ways when even when places like the U.S. where people pretend that it's a meritocracy when a lot of times it isn't, that it's kind of that last bastion, that last sanctity of where it's like the best player will play. And when that's questioned and when that's put on the line, you just hate to see that. So, yeah, I really recommend everyone checking out this Bleacher Report piece. Really well written. A lot of quotes. A lot of guys you probably haven't heard of unless you're a super, super, super hardcore baseball fan. Hearing from their perspective, I think it is a needed perspective. So check that out if you guys have the chance. But with that said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. I know, light episode yet again today, guys. But tomorrow and Friday, special guests yet again from two other Lockdown hosts here, part of the NL West division. It's almost like there's a reason why they should be on the podcast because we're going to be playing them shortly and talk to those guys won't spoil what we talked about per se, but it was fun conversation. So look forward to that. It'll be the fourth week in a row where we've had guests on either Thursday or Friday. I'm starting to think that that should just be the tradition. Of course, I don't want to boil that down because you never know with people's schedules and whatnot, right? So I don't want to guarantee that, but at least for now, that's how things have turned out. Thanks for tuning into today's episode, guys. Remember, it's the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Still making that joke, as always. Remember to subscribe to the pod wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow the show or myself on Twitter if you'd like. I know I tend to tweet a lot of nonsense. Tweet about anime, tweet about video games, movies, what have you. That's because I like to save my thoughts on sports and whatnot for this podcast. That's the whole point, right? But anyway, follow me on there if you'd like. And until next time, stay faithful, stay ever so faithful, my fire faithful homies, and take care.